0: going to release... Uh, vinyl 7 inches for a while because they're kind of a cool item. People actually buy more vinyl than CDs these days so we're just not even going to make CDs and, and just digital vinyl only. And then we're going to do a 10 inch and then we'll still have enough left over for a whole album after that. And So we're going to do the kind of trickle in and treat every song like a single and make a video for almost every song. So we've been doing that so far. A lot of content we've been working on, video and music. It's funny, like some dude on social media said, do you guys have any music? Or you just do a lot of shoots. Like they have no idea how much music we have that we're (laughs) we're waiting to put out.
1: We're all really huge fans of the album format because that's what we grew up with. And so since we had such an ocean of songs recorded, it was really a, a difficult question to figure out how to release them to the public. After a lot of thinking and deliberation, we sort of realized that the format of the album isn't as important as getting consistent content out to, um, you know, to the public. And so that's why we decided to go with the format of the singles. And it kind of is actually a throwback to the 50s because that's when, you know, radio was just interested in a good song. And I think that's what people are looking for today. So um, also uh, the tactile experience of actually putting a cassette into a player or putting a vinyl onto you know a record player or waffle into a toaster is really gone mm-hmm. you know everybody's using digital digital waffles today people still eat waffles yeah and it's all binary syrup that's you know made in a, in a bitcoin mine somewhere in antarctica
2: it's actually like a sense of quality control for you like if you had to get, sort of get together and shove an album out into the world you feel like there'd be some like filler in there and this is a way of making sure that everything's a jam.
1: No, every song we've written is actually equally good and they're all better than Wild
0: Horse. Yeah, there's no bread, only pastrami. It was more that we couldn't decide what to put on an album Mm. because it was like... Choosing your favorite child or Yeah, something. but it was like we
2: had too much good stuff, so now you're only putting one out at a time, so you really too do have at a to, time, seven inch. But you do have to pick your two favorite children.
0: Yeah, well, it's not really favorites now. We just pick them in terms of couples. It's like a wine pairing. We're like, oh, these songs are sister pieces. Let's put them out and design an album art specifically for those two songs.
2: How have those pairs really fit together?
0: Oh, so the first one we did was more 70s glam. That was What's the Problem, an adult video. So and it's sort of an aesthetic? Yeah, and I I directed both videos for those, which are very kind of 70s meets 90s on 16 mil to sort of match the aesthetic. Then after that, our next release is going to be Mushroom Cloud and DDT. That's kind of more 90s inspired and a little 60s, and uh, we're gonna we just finished a video for DDT that's. Gonna be pretty trippy. <laughs> and Mushroom Cloud just debuted on Rolling Stone, which we're really excited yeah. about. That was an animation by my friend Rich Ragsdale, who it was very Ren and Stimpy meets uh, Robert Crumb and Tadanori Yoko from the '60s. So I'm really happy with how that turned out.
2: Pretty depressing pair of titles. Uh, Mushroom cloud and DDT. This not
0: yeah, a,
1: not a great outlook on the state of the world.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, no, we're uh, we're totally cheery and optimistic <laughs> in all of our lyrics.
1: I mean, we. Uh, I mean, the thing is, today you put on Spotify to listen to music, or you put on. YouTube and they've got the autoplay thing so you just like it's like a run on sentence you know yeah. there never is that experience of like the B side which is where the which is where kind of like the darkness happened because everybody you know at least like growing up and that's where they marketed things back then yeah it's been fun pairing them together but it's also you know it's just like letting all of our ships sail kind of in our armada you know one or two at a time and I feel like also a lot of our songs are pretty dense in terms of lyrical content melodic mm. content and production so it's nice to mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's nice to, to sort of catch. like uh, to spoon to spoon feed it out and also we it's interesting to to get feedback you know one by one as the songs go out instead of you know as a whole. It's asking a lot you know it's it's tough to ask people for their attention today when there's things like internet porn.
0: No I guess the themes for that album are kind of war, imminent war which I think we're about to invade North Korea but that's not on the record maybe it is on the record.
1: I think they can
2: be. That can be on the record. I don't think you're breaking I, any news. I mean,
0: I, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm yeah, they, I'm pretty sure that we're about to invade North Korea, and that's kind of what the mushroom cloud video was hinting at. Uh, specifically, us. We're going to go on a tour in North Korea. Yeah, we could tour military bases. I really want to tour in San the way the Cramps did in the '80s.
2: My understanding is they're really into the accordion in North Korea. That's awesome. They the would love me. That was
0: my first instrument.
2: I think the accordion is a national instrument of North
0: Korea. That's hilarious. They're probably big fans of the ghost.
1: I'm sort of like some sort of music industry harbinger of the future, some prophet of, you know, Christmas to come. But I do see a tour of many insane asylums in your future.
0: Why, thank you.
2: Obviously, you guys all knew each other prior to forming the band. You got together and you just had two albums worth of songs in you. How how do you come together and just Produce that many songs in essentially one it's sitting. It's a long
0: story. It involved a lot of wandering in the desert and yeah. meeting each other one by one, and then uniting all of our superpowers.
2: So like you knew each other, but then you also had to. Yeah, like meet I each other. I met
0: David first, and then we're like, who's gonna be able to sing these songs? Like who's crazy yeah. enough and desperate enough to sing these songs? No, I'm totally joking. Actually, I had to really work hard to steal him away from his world and kidnap him into the uni world. He was really into World War. Craft. It was so hard to pry him away.
2: Was this your vision?
0: Well, I met David and I, I had hired him to play in my band, Campanita, which was like an acoustic folk project with this other girl that my boyfriend, Sean, used to play guitar in. But, you know, it's hard working with your boyfriend sometimes. So I can't imagine. Uh, yeah. It's probably so, double
2: hard touring with your boyfriend.
0: Yes. So... So I needed to branch out. And that's how I met David. And uh, we had a lot of fun making music together. Then I produced a solo album for him. And we had so much fun in the studio that we were like, oh, let's keep doing stuff together. It's kind of fun working with someone that's not my boyfriend. (laughs) And that's kind of how Uni started. I'm kind of the crazy brain behind everything, but everyone contributes like tons of ideas and aesthetics to it. It's a melting pot.
2: You mentioned both ideas and aesthetics. It seems like at this point, a pretty Fully formed vision. Aside from, you know, you going through and picking people for the group, what was the overarching vision for you?
0: Well, our overlapping taste, which is a lot of 70s influence. A strong thing that I felt was I didn't want to do this 60s psychedelia because I had done that for so many years with Sean. And so another, um, aesthetic i was really interested in was the 90s and and the 70s which i'd never really seen combined so much in a specific way so i wanted to try doing that and then when each of their tastes really informed it as well nick loves Prague and zeppelin and and david loves glam and folk and leonard cohen so it's very like lyric heady but also like glam but also kind of 90s and grunge. So hard explaining your band. Kemp
1: has a lot of superpowers, but amongst them is production in the mm-hmm. studio. I kind of feel like Kemp's strongest instrument is the recording studio itself. So when it came time, you know, like she was saying, we, we'd we spent a lot of time before Uni even became a thing of its own in the studio together. And what I kind of, you know, looking at it now, I kind of feel like it was, uh, she's got so many, brings so much to the recordings from the studio side, that it was sort of like looking for ways, looking for kind of genres that would allow for the crazy and amazing ideas that she had in the studio, as well as the crazy and amazing sort of melodic and rhythmic ideas, as well as the crazy lyrical ideas. We all kind of felt, it's not that we're nostalgic, but we all kind of felt like limited within the genres that are popular today. So when we did sort of start looking back and say, what is this called? How do we define ourselves? There was room within these genres, you know, in the seventies and you know, and in the 90s.
0: One challenge was figuring out how we're we going to modernize ourselves, which yeah. Nick really helped with because he's like more of the indigo child generation millennial. <laughs> and Dave and I have our heads so far up in the past. <laughs> so it, it was it was great bringing him on to add more synth textures and, and even electronic drums, which I'd never experimented with before. But we found a really analog, raw way to do it by running everything through guitar amps and stuff. So it's a cool synthesis of the past. With the future, and then David's lyrics are like super fucking surrealist and modern subjects, so that helps make it modern as well. Yeah, very the Spice Girls mainly.
2: So your modern influence is a '90s girl group.
1: I was joking about that, but now now that I think about it, you know, when I do look at, there really is a difference between pop music and between music that you'll make alone in your bedroom by yourself. And a lot of the music that you know we've made and and I've made has been music made alone in a bedroom. And an interesting part about becoming a musician for the people is that you have to consider them and not just consider yourself. So you know, as funny as it is to joke about In Sync and the Backstreet Boys. And the Spice Girls and whatever, you know, like those bands really cracked the code or I mean it wasn't them, the people that were writing that music really cracked the code on on making a song that was super catchy hooky and was a radio hit and served its purpose. You know, maybe didn't change the world but got in people's heads and created a lot of joy for a lot of people. So, you know, approaching this band as what we want it to be, something that creates music for people to listen to, not just to indulge ourselves in, there is a fair amount of consideration uh, about how it's going to sound to someone who isn't us when it when it finally comes out.
2: It sounds like so much of the formation of the band was based around that production aspect of things. But obviously, you're going on tour, you're playing a show tonight. Performance has to be a big part of that as well. So it's got to be difficult to sort of distill some of those elements and perform them live if you know a studio is really an an instrument in and of itself
0: totally and that's my comfort zone is being piloting the ufo of a studio but uh for live it's it's really like each man on his own doing his own thing and improvising and we've only played a few shows and it's been fun to figure out how to translate our aesthetic live we're still figuring it out and like even tonight like we wanted to like do some crazy shit on stage we're not going to be able to do because of the size of the stage (laughs) it's a fun challenge to explore because you know i think the worst thing you can do with art is bore people like I'm inspired kind of by all the bands that I've toured with like what an amazing live show they put on but Sean and I would just sort of like stand there like geeks like just strumming our guitars the indie
2: rock aesthetic
0: I think it is the artist's responsibility to put on a visual show if people are coming to see you live so we're, we're just now starting to think about how to do that you
1: are seeing a band right now that's transitioning from having made a lot of material in the studio and then mm-hmm. figuring out how to present that live you know and there is th- there's a learning curve and I think I think we've done an awesome job with it because there are strings and horns you know and like pipe organs ten different guitar parts and stuff like that and trying to figure out how to arrange that for the stage is it's different than being in the studio but uh, it's been really fun uh, to do that
2: we tend to think of rock and roll as being a live Genre
1: And traditionally, these
2: bands have sort of gone around. They've they've toured, they've played live originally and then distilled it in the studio. So in a sense, you're kind of working backwards.
1: You're right. You're right. And I think that something is gained and something that's lost. um, Because right now we've got the technology that allow tools for us to have a completely different philosophy on recording music than bands used to. There used to not be stage and studio. It used to be you were a band and you had songs and when you went into the recording studio you would just try to play the best performance you've done and capture the way that you guys sounded when you played in your rehearsal space and when you played on stage there wasn't this difference but now that we've got then multi-track recording was invented and then it gave you the possibility of not tracking the whole band at once but by tracking one instrument at a time and that opened up you know in addition to a world of possibilities a can uh, can of worms as well.
0: Fortunately our eight-track tape machine upstate which is actually a seven track because one of the channels aren't one of the channels aren't working it's sometimes a six track yeah. so when we when we do track live it's 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 very limiting in a creative way we have to figure out how to mic things with only six channels or seven channels depending how many are working on the machine so that's been good we actually did just get a 16 track tape machine which has been a real luxury for now so we could put up more mics you mentioned
2: the flame lips mm-hmm. and I've interviewed Wayne Coyne a few times and talked to him about this okay. and, and he really sort of espouses the the merits of Gimmicks. Obviously. when I, yeah. I mean, they, you know, they're a wonderful band. They write wonderful songs. They've written some of my favorite albums of all time. Oh, but
0: from day one, he was fucking... Even when they had no money or production value, he was throwing confetti at the crowd. Yeah, and, he was and figuring out ways shit.
2: to sort of to, to hook people in.
0: Well, he's like even well he's a great musician but even more so he's a performance artist yeah. like he comes from the school of performance art which is why I think he's a fan of Yoko and they've collaborated and stuff but like he knows his shit and yeah so he's always approached performing as performance art which I really admire I think
1: also that we tend to forget like bands and, and musicians get to ca- get caught up in the idea of being just a musician and forget that you're a performer and yeah. this is show business and if you're only engaging on one level you, you can be a, a virtuoso musician but um, that can you know only be one angle or one dimension in which you are getting across whatever vision that you're trying to accomplish. I feel like if you expand beyond that, you know, into performance art, into theater, into whatever it is, you know, you go you go beyond just being music. You know, well, also, you know, the stage set is part of it. You know, we we choose the, the things that we, we wear and the you know the kinds of yeah. the way that the gear looks and things like that are all are all considerations. Um, so I do think that I mean, sorry to keep going back to boy bands here. This is not an obsession of mine, <laughs> but but I. Do do you remember i think it might be i think it might be i'm, I'm might old be. enough to remember listen listen you're in this you can can, can, to can you just you're introduce to me to one direction can you just hook me <laughs> up i know you're in the music business <laughs> just throw me a bone here man what do i gotta do
0: he talks more about boy bands and reveals well, his truth just
1: saying back back in the 90s they would dance and sing yeah. the whole package like michael jackson you know and now you get like you know artists that have part
0: Not the whole thing. We don't have any choreographed dance moves just yet.
2: It's already hard to get people out to shows, particularly a lot of indie rock musicians, even people who've been doing it for a really long time, is they've been seeing their audiences like age out and it's just hard getting people out to shows in general. People are on their phones and on their TVs. So it seems like having some sort of hook or some sort of gimmick is becoming more and more important to at least rope people in
0: you're absolutely right yeah not having a live human sacrifice or (laughs) flying harness and pyrotechnics why would people be bothered to come out when they can listen to the record
1: we're just in show business we're entertaining people and if you look at now the kind of options for entertainment that are available like if it's a friday night and you're a dude living in the city and you're bored you want to get out and you want you want to be entertained you want some excitement you used to have to go down a bleaker street or wherever it was happening and like go pop into the venues pop into the bars like you'd see people you talk to people you couldn't just go on facebook and like you know put a message up or go on to netflix and i'm talking there's quality programming there's like a lot of really good entertainment right from your laptop so leaving the house it takes i think you really to ask someone to leave the house and come see you play is asking for more than you've ever had to.
0: you just gave me an idea the postmates of rock and roll we mm-hmm. can do on delivery come to you in your house and perform for a nominal fee
2: i mean given what Transpired earlier tonight. I I I don't know that I would trust your delivery services. (laughs) My delivery
0: instincts. (laughs) Yeah. You uh, since since we're cutting
2: that part of the interview out from earlier, you you sent someone out to pick up Vietnamese food and then had to call an Uber to bring them out to the show.
0: He was just wait, just assuming I would call.
2: Carl's a great guy.
0: He's one of my favorite people, and he does a killer Scottish accent. In fact, I thought he was Scottish the first week.
2: I feel sorry for him. He was just sort of waiting at the Vietnamese restaurant for you.
0: You We we like to make people feel useful.
2: You're doing the show in spite of the fact that, you know, you only have a couple songs out in the world, so you've been able to build some sort of momentum. How were you able to do that? Was it through the videos? Is the fact that you're presenting more than just songs, that it's multimedia? How are you able to actually, like, get people interested and bring them out on a 14-degree day?
0: The multimedia is the key. Um, Actually, I think we'd have a, a wider chance at reaching people through film and uh music like i know you guys don't like me to talk about it in advance but i really am leading up to doing a <laughs> rock-, oh, uh, rock opera <clears throat> it's like that scene in the goddard film when the train goes by right when the salient information's yep. happening just like that scene <laughs> because it's true it's very hard to be a band these days people are more apathetic about music in general so I think merging it with cinema is going to be a very strong approach for us though we've been pretty lucky with crowd turnouts for our few shows so far so we'll see what happens but it's also great to play warm-up gigs
2: when you're so focused though on on multimedia when you're sort of thinking about a film when you're doing animation and stuff. I mean, is there a chance that this is gonna sort of detract from the core mission of
1: writing songs?
0: No, I think it's all the core mission. It's yeah. all it's all works together in tandem. It's
1: funny, you know, because in Brooklyn all the bands are always talking about like how do we get out of Brooklyn? How do we become bigger, get a bigger audience yeah. and all that. And the first thing that anyone says is like, Alright, well you know, like you gotta record a really good song. They're like, okay, we recorded a really good song. then they're like, Alright, well then now you gotta make you know a really good video. Mm-hmm. You know? And then they're like, all right, we made a really good video. And they're like like well then now you got to uh you know go go and be posting on instagram every single day and then you got to be playing a show it's like now more than ever i feel like you can't even call yourself a band because it's like you got to be a filmmaker you got to be setting up photo shoots you got to know how to edit you got to know how to you know use photoshop you got to be doing all this stuff at the same time so it really has become multimedia because the game has changed in that
0: way asterisk note uh, we do all of our own in case you didn't notice we do all of our own creative direction photo yeah. shoots uh, self-directing editing engineering at uh, designing merch we literally the three of us do everything ourselves they build sets for the, <laughs> the videos we make.
2: This is a complaint that a lot of musicians have. Obviously like not everybody who writes music is capable of doing all those things so the mission of the band from the beginning is let's just let's just
1: give everything to everyone.
0: Yeah, all up front, like like Warhol's Factory or something. We kind yeah. of want to be more of a factory than a band.
1: Like there was a time when all we did was just write songs every day, you yeah. know like email them back and forth. And now it's like we just like we don't do that at all because we're in the next phase of the factory where we're like at, you know tomorrow after the show we're gonna go clean up our rehearsal space. Then we're gonna go finish designing merch and T-shirts and stuff like that. So it's like you know for me it's not as exciting. I feel more like a musician, so I'd much rather be writing every day. But unfortunately, you know we have to do what we got to do.
0: Yeah. Writing is like the dessert. Like those time, those times when we're just in pajamas with acoustic guitars writing songs, that was the Garden of Eden. Yeah. We've been kicked for, out from the Garden of Eden now. We actually have to realize it in the world.
2: You're writing the songs that all sort of comes in one group, but when you're doing these other multimedia pieces, are these things that you had been considering while you're writing songs? Are these things that moving forward you're going to consider? Now that you're kind of envisioning the band as being this sort of all-encompassing thing, you're writing a song, are you also thinking about visual aesthetics at the same time
0: definitely I think actually it helps when to visualize a video when you're writing a yeah. song sometimes not always but that does help
2: there you go that was uni recorded that one a few months back thanks to them for taking the time to do that you can check their stuff out at uni-bomber.com thanks you guys as always for listening to the program if you like the show there are a number of ways to support us you can rate and review us on itunes or google podcasts or wherever you happen to get your podcasts like us on facebook follow us on tumblr that's riwellcast.tumblr.com that's the first and best place to get all of your riyl related information if you've got any feedback it's riylcast at gmail.com and that's about it we will be back in a few days with another episode of RIYL